Hey y'all, we are here with our very first ever episode of our podcast. It is volume one, episode one of... Isaiah 8 <laughs> Parenting Podcast. Good job, dear. Thank you. <laughs> and so the title of this podcast in, in this first round is What's in a Name? Um, we really just wanted to share with you what was on our heart behind why we chose Isaiah 8 Parenting um, as the title of our podcast. You know, marketing people and those out there that talk about branding tell you that you want to pick something that's catchy, something that people will remember. Um, but ultimately, whenever you're whenever you're choosing a name, um, you want something that ties back to the values of what uh, what you're doing. So, as a business, you want your you know you want that that name that kind of ties back and brings remembrance to what the purpose is that you're doing. Um, and so. Isaiah 8 is actually, this Isaiah 8 paradigm is actually part of our ministry mission statement. Mm -hmm. um, and so we're going to share that with you so that you have kind of some context of where we're going. Um, and then we'll break down this Isaiah 8 for you and share a little bit about what, what we think God's doing. Okay. So I look at it as a three-stranded cord because there's three, three points to it. Um, it's a Malachi 4 purpose with a Joel 2 strategy with an Isaiah 8 fulfillment. So you want to talk about Malachi 4? Sure. So Malachi 4, um, in Malachi 4, Malachi is the very last book of the Old Testament before the New Testament begins. Malachi is the last prophetic voice before a 400-year period in which there's no voice of the Lord. There's no prophetic voice. There's no prophetic direction. And the last thing that Malachi says in Malachi chapter 4 is he says, he says in the last days I'm going to send the spirit of Elijah then he's going to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the hearts of the children to their fathers. And so one of the purposes that we have as a ministry is to help parents redirect their focus, their hearts, if you will, back to their children and back to the needs um, for their spiritual development and for the gospel and the gospelization of their home towards them and and rightly also then restoring the children's hearts to their parents with so many other things that are pulling against them right now and so many other voices and viewpoints that want to interject into their lives um you know this concept of you know the turning of the hearts of the fathers and mothers hearts of the parents to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers very significant very significant right now in the family and in the family unit. So that's a purpose. Mm -hmm. I was also thinking while you were, were saying that is, I don't know what the statistics are, you probably have them somewhere, but I do believe that we have heard that most children, when they accept Christ, it is when they are still children and it's usually at home. It's usually their parents that lead them to Christ. I mean, so that's like really a big job, you know, so having that focus on their salvation is really a big, big thing. Um, and I do believe that we need to get back to that. So you want to move on to the next one. The next one is a Joel 2 strategy. 
a Joel 2 strategy. So also, similar to Malachi, Joel is an Old Testament prophet. Um, In Joel chapter 2, he makes this prophetic declaration that in the last days, God will pour out his spirit on all flesh and that our sons and daughters will prophesy, that our old men will dream dreams, there will be visions. And so again, it's paraphrased by me. Um, But in in that context, we see the multi-generational aspect of God pouring out his spirit across the generations, sons and daughters. So obviously we have parents in the middle, mm-hmm. have old men dream dreams, so grandma and grandpa. And so we have this multi-generational outpouring of the spirit of God where God is speaking to and through the generations. The problem that we have right now is we have this thing called siloing. Mm-hmm. And so everything in our world, everything in our world from their, the, the school system, the, you know, the, the home, the family dynamic is built around these silos. Our kids go to school, we go to work. When we go to church, our kids go to children's church, our youth go to youth group, the adults go to the big people service, the you know the seniors have their senior things like this Sunday we're doing senior saints yeah. at church where the seniors are going to get together and have have a potluck meal together and and I think it's wonderful yeah. but I think that the more we silo the more we actually take away from what God said he wanted to do in Joel chapter 2 because there are things that God wants to say to what I call the gray hairs that he wants to declare to the, to the generations that are following behind and vice versa. They don't get to experience the wisdom and the maturity of years of experience and walking with the Lord that our seniors have because our seniors are over here and they're silo and the children are siloed over here. And so there's all of this stuff in the world, you know, Kids sports, kids activities, what do we do? We silo them. Let's group them up by age. We'll put those over there. We'll put those over there. You know, I, I, I think that there are even some young people, some teenagers and some young adults who have significant value and a significant burning in their heart for children that they could share with them if there was more of those uh, multi-generational activities or actions for them to be involved in. And so this Joel 2 aspect of our vision is to break down the silos and bring the multi-generational facet of the Spirit of God into play in our family lives, in our church lives, so that our kids can experience not only what God's done in mom and dad's life and not only what God's done in the, in, in their children's pastor's life, but what has God done in aunts and uncles' lives and grandmas and grandpas' lives and some of the senior saints who are called to be spiritual mothers and fathers and impart wisdom. And so if we can do that, I believe the revival that will come out of that because of maturity and because of wisdom and because of that being married with the Spirit of God pouring out on all flesh, that we can see tremendous uh, revival in our communities. But we need to bridge that gap. Because the other thing that happens with your siloing is you kind of get to where they don't know how to communicate to one another. They don't know how to relate to each other. And I think that's one thing that we really try to do is find ways to to bridge that gap and help with the communication between, you know, the different generations, you know, be the interpreter sure. for some of the language, <laughs> you know, because words now mean different than what they did back then, that kind of thing. Um, so I think that that's very, very important to bridge that gap. 
for the Lord to be able to bring fulfillment to all that. Which fulfillment is our last point, which is Isaiah 8. Right. So, so recapping, our mission statement is <laughs> that we have a Malachi chapter 4 purpose, which is turning the hearts of fathers and mothers to their children, turning the hearts of children to their fathers. And we have a Joel 2 strategy. So the strategy is to get multi-generational, spirit-filled people together to be moving forward under the influence of what the Holy Spirit is saying about this season and this time to bring a fulfillment that comes out of Isaiah chapter 8. And so Isaiah chapter 8 is really chapter 7 and 8, but 8 has the bulk of that, um, where we find this context where God interjects the family into his prophetic word. And so in chapter 7, he tells the prophet Isaiah to bring your son, and he names him by name, and he says, I want you to take him, and I want you to have him with you involved in this prophecy. And then over in Isaiah chapter 8, he declares that he uh, that his wife is a prophetess, and so he's talking about his prophetic wife who is spirit-filled, who is hearing the voice of God, and he says that she bore him another son, and he calls him out by name. And then God prophesies through Isaiah. He says that before he's old enough to have knowledge to cry my father or my mother, before he even gets to that point, this prophecy is going to be begin to be fulfilled. And so the prophecy is then laid out more through from the beginning of chapter 8 to the 18th verse. And in the 18th verse, Isaiah says, this profound statement, and this is where we camp out right here in what our what our, our uh, fulfillment is. Isaiah says, Here am I and the children whom the Lord has given me, and we are for signs and wonders to Israel. And so that's a powerful statement of God saying, I brought this family unit together with a purpose for you to be a sign and a wonder to my people. In, in that context, you could say, to their community. Isaiah was their community. It was it was a people of faith, but it was also a nation. And so you have to be able to, to delineate sometimes between the two in the, the context that, yes, the Israel was the people of God, but also Israel was a political nation. And so there's this, there's this twofold idea here that this prophetic sign and wonder was both to the people of God, but it was also to a nation of people of what God wanted to do in their lives. And so there's a, Lila's got this wonder, I love this book, uh, this Bible that I bought for her. This is, you probably can't read that. Uh, this is the Children's Ministry Resource Edition uh, by Nelson Publishing. And it's got great resources in it for, um, you know, helping to teach kids, um, you know, some of the biblical principles and the ways of God out of it that is not kitty. That's why I like it, because it's not kitty yeah. uh, you know you do children's ministry a lot of times you get the stuff that's really kitty and it's you know um not to you know this is not a slide. i love phil visher don't get me wrong but it's phil visher made the statement um that whenever we teach the children the uh the acts of god if you will the stories of god like mm -hmm. he did with veggie tales that really all we're doing is creating moral atheists Yes. What I always loved about this Bible and, and, and how it was useful was because it's not kitty. It's not, oh, look, here's the Noah's Ark and the bubbly boat. You know, it was, it's, it's real truth and real depth. Anyway, so it's got this note in it that I think is very applicable 
to what we're talking about. We say, Isaiah says, here am I, the children whom the Lord have given me, and we are for signs and wonders for Israel. What's that note say? It says, Isaiah, along with his children, Shir Jashabab, which it does have pronunciations here, but I'm not real good at those. Um, and Meherashabaz are living witnesses to God's fulfill- faithfulness. When Isaiah's prophecies have come to pass, people will know that his message, as symbolized in his children's names, was true. In his children's names. Wow. That's really good. And so what I, what I was drawn to in that is the correlation that we see in like the New King James and the King James and some of the other translations that say signs and wonders. The first thing that people think about is the miraculous. They think about, you know, healings. They think about prophecy and words of knowledge and creative miracles and healings and all of these different things, deliverance ministry, demons being cast out. That's what we think of when we hear signs and wonders. But this kind of breaks that down a little bit better when it talks about the witness. This is a witness. This is a this is an act an, an actual when the people see the sons and daughters, they see the family, they see them, they're reminded God's prophetic word that was fulfilled. So it wasn't a healing, it wasn't a deliverance, it wasn't demons being cast out, it wasn't limbs being grown out or blind eyes being opened. It was the fact of a transformed family that when the people saw the transformed family, it was a witness to them as they remembered those children's names, what the prophecy was that involved them. And I think that's incredible. And that's an incredible purpose to have, uh, you know, to have a fulfillment of our families for what our families are. But I think more so than that is that this is what God's called the family to from Genesis to Revelation. God called the family group together to take the gospel and to f- to fill the whole earth with earth with his people through the family for the through the family unit. And that's not to discredit or to to make less of either the nation of Israel or the church or what their purposes are, but it's to say that the purpose from Genesis to Revelation for the family never changed. It never changed. It was always about you fulfilling the gospelization of your family and their transformation continuing to fulfill transformation throughout the world, to fill the whole world with God's people. Mm-hmm. And so there's a, that, that word witness helps us recognize the difference between the two of those there. And so for us, this whole what's in a name, you know, and here's these names of these children we took very seriously for all of our kids from all the way back to our oldest son, Robbie. He's named after me, although I didn't give him my middle name because it's a, um, it's one that would create maybe some angst in his life. And I'm not going to tell you what it is, so you'll just have to guess. And our kids but, won't either, uh, so don't ask them. <laughs> but he's named after me and he's named after his grandfathers for the spiritual legacy of what God's done in their lives his grandfather's, and what he's done in my life and what he will do in his life. Uh, our next son down, Steve, Stephen, he's named after Stephen in the book of Acts, the first martyr, and his middle name is Caleb. Caleb was one of the only one of two of the only uh, spies that came back 
and said, yeah, God can do this in our lives. We can take this promised land. God's given it to us. While the other, t- the, the other 10 out of the 12 said, oh, no, we're like grasshoppers in their sight. Caleb was like, no, I believe God. So we, we were intentional about what we named our children, every single one of them, Josiah, uh, Rebecca. And then this last year, we got two that we adopted. I guess it's not this last year. It's been two years, two now. years now. Yeah. Yeah. And so in the adoption process, we get the privilege of changing their names and giving them new names. And so through that process, we gave them uh, what we felt like the Lord's names were for them that had meaning and had declaration to their lives. Similarly to what God did with Jacob in the Old Testament when he changed his name to Israel, to give him that new focused direction and purpose. And so what's in a name? Isaiah 8 Parenting is all about us trying to help you, mom and dad, through biblical worldview conversations about things that are happening like right now, this coronavirus thing. Um, We're going to do an episode here in a little while um, talking about how you can navigate that with your kids. So look for that. It'll be a, it'll be an interim. It'll be like a one a, because we already have, we already have our, our episodes kind of mapped out for what (laughs) topics we want to talk about. And then, you know, lo and behold, we get an opportunity like this to talk about a pandemic virus. Um, but so, so look for that. We'll talk about some of the cultural, um, crises that are happening or some of the things that are, are weighing into your children's lives and how you can navigate that. We'll talk about things like technology. Most Mm -hmm. all of you and most all of your kids have got a smart device. And so we want to help you navigate those things all for the purpose of you taking that knowledge and then getting before the Lord and getting revelation that mm-hmm. applies to that knowledge. And from that, learning how to apply and navigate your family so that your family can be a witness, mm-hmm. a testimony to your community, to your extended family, to your community of faith in your church, so that they can see what God can do through a family that's filled with the Spirit and is pursuing his path and plan for their life. And so I think probably the last thing that I would point to out of that is, um, you know, this witness, the signs and wonders. There's a passage of scripture in Revelation chapter 19 um, that says the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. And it's this dynamic that when Jesus touches something, that when there's a testimony about what Jesus has done in this context, when Jesus touches your family and transforms your family, that's the spirit of prophecy. What that means is God is no respecter of purpose, uh, no respecter of persons. Excuse me. Um, I'm thinking faster than I can talk, and so sometimes that really messes me up. But God is no respecter of persons. If Jesus will do it in our life, and in our family, prophetically, he will do it in yours. If you'll pursue him, if you'll seek him, if you'll turn to and follow after the things that he's given us, both revelatory in his word and revelatory in his 
rhema spoken word to our lives. And that's what this, that's what this parenting podcast is all about. Giving you the things that you can then turn to the Lord and get revelation from the Lord and have Jesus transform your family out of that context and then prophetically declare to the family next door, God can do this in your family. God can restore your marriage. God can give your kids a passion and a heart for Jesus that right now all they care about is you know who the boy band is or what's uh, you know what's on Nick TV or or Disney Plus or or whatever YouTube. so Stuff. yeah it's YouTube, YouTube. Um, so um, with that in mind welcome to the yeah. Isaiah 8 parenting podcast you can find us on YouTube Isaiah 8 parenting podcast subscribe to the YouTube channel you get to see the videos which have all of our our nuances and our characteristics in them, um, or you can stream the audio and you can get that on many of the different platforms. It's on Anchor, it's on Radio Public, it's on Google Podcasts, um, it's on Spotify. Soon it's going to be on Apple Podcasts. It's also going to be on uh, uh, Audible. Um, those just haven't loaded up yet. So um, that's the reason why, what's in the name? That's the reason why we're doing this podcast. And we hope that you will do a couple of things for us. Number one, subscribe to our YouTube channel. Yep. Subscribe in one of the streaming platforms that you're, that you're a follower and that you're a listener to this podcast. Share the podcast or share the videos from the YouTube channel with your friends and family. We don't do any marketing. There's no advertising that goes into this. It's all word of mouth. If you believe that God can touch your family, he can touch somebody else's family too, and we want to get that message out. So you can do that for us in future episodes. Um, and so that's what's in the name, Isaiah 8 Podcast. Yep. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you on the next one. Bye-bye.